Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Waterballer podcast with myself, Gary, and Ant. How are you doing, Ant? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much. Good, good. So today um, we had this discussion last night on WhatsApp that we were uh, going to like round up uh, like the Wimbledon finals, the tournament as a whole, and then uh, the Euros. So uh, we'll start with Wimbledon, mate. What was your thoughts mm-hmm. of the, the actual tournament? Yeah, I enjoyed it uh, from, what I, from what I saw of it. Um, you know, I thought... Uh, on a British point of view, obviously, um, a new superstar in Emma Raducanu um, did so well getting to the second week. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, with her retirement in the fourth round, um, probably not the way she wanted to, to finish it, but um, it's a bright star for, for the future. Obviously, Andy Murray got, did he get round three, which was good for him. Um, was it round three or know, round four against Denis Shapovalov? No, it was round three. There was oh. only Raducanu in the second week, so the, the, there was only only one player left in the second week. So I think Mary was three. Dan Evans probably should have done better in his <coughs> third round, um, but lost a quarter. Who will go far actually quite in his tennis career? But I thought Evans was the better player, but um, lost. And Cam Norrie, absolutely no disgrace in losing to Roger Federer. So, um, but I will see. Obviously, for anyone who's who listened to our little preview of Wimbledon, my selection obviously won with Novak Djokovic, but my also my um dark horse was in the final. So, you know, I should have I should have had a slight bet on that, but I didn't. I bet <laughs> um, really but really yeah, well overall, like I say, a great tournament. Uh, over the moon for Ash Barty as well, uh, to win the women's, you know, um absolutely fantastic tennis player. There was a lot of doubt over her injury, but she was she was probably the best player in the tournament for the women. So overall, like I say, fantastic tournament. Great to see a British winner in the uh, mixed doubles as well. Uh, Neil Shupsky, I think he's called. Uh, and also in the men's doubles, Joe Salisbury. So that's great news. Um, so future's looking bright, really, for Britain. I definitely. I mean, you touched on Raducanu there. I mean, it took me about five days to figure out how to say her last name. Like, but um, <laughs> you know what? She was she was brilliant. And uh, I happened to notice on um, Twitter, mate, that you had commented on one of Piers Morgan's tweets um, about uh, saying that she, that the pressure got to her and like, well, that's what he had said anyway. And then you would comment on it saying she's like a young lass, how man. Do you know what I mean? I think I put um, yeah, I put something on that on, and then uh, gift um, him walking off uh, when he was confronted about uh, Meghan Markle. So you know, what I mean, yeah, you know, kids in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, really. Um, you know, I highly doubt he's going to be listening to this. So you know, but I mean, the less said about him, the better, really. I mean, he's, he's just irrelevant, isn't he? You know, probably doesn't know the first thing about tennis as well. So you know, I mean, I mean, Raducanu, obviously, you know, she admitted the pressure did get her a little bit, but. You know, 
for being an 18 year old girl no one knows who you are and then you're in the second week of Wimbledon on court one around about 8 o'clock at night I think she started didn't she I mean, yeah. so it's a long day uh, it's a long day anyway and um, you know she could have easily just said that you know the, the scheduling was bad for her or whatever really and she didn't you know and for me I thought the scheduling was a bit bad I probably would have had her on um, midday or something at the same time as Ash Barty played because um Ash Barty played the winner of that game and in the next, I mean, the day after, on the Tuesday, early on, Ash Barty won in straights. Um, so it obviously took the took the, uh, the most out of out of Emma and took the most out of, out of her opponent as well. Yeah, definitely. So don't I do apologise. Hello, honey. <laughs> I know. Well, I see a cat. Uh, uh, such a mental. Uh, uh, but you know, like... <laughs> Uh, Radicanu, like I mean, like obviously breathing problems. The first thing you're gonna think is potential COVID symptoms, really, aren't you? So, uh... well, yeah, but I, I would imagine they've they've got a load of lateral flows and everything like that. I mean, I just thought she'd injured herself, but you've got to think as well: is it a panic attack? Is it you know? You look at Naomi Osaka with her mental health, you know, and like I said, with an 18 year old kid who probably never expected that, you know. Um, all of a sudden being, you know, the name on everybody's lips yeah. at Wimbledon. It's a lot of pressure. And it is a hell of a lot of pressure. And she'll be better for it. She'll come back, you know, and she'll be a lot better for that, you know. Um, I would like to have seen her being given a, a shot at the Olympics with Joe Contner, um testing positive for COVID, but um, apparently she's not high enough um, in the stands to go for it. So, because obviously Contner and Dan Evans have had to pull out. So, Jamie Murray's now going instead of Dan Evans, which is um, a really good... Um, I idea to put him in the doubles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree, because considering how much experience Jamie Murray has in the doubles as well, 100%. That's um, it, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, and also, obviously, you know, just touching up in Wimbledon, um, what a superb tournament Novak Djokovic had. You know, barely dropped a set. Um, absolutely on fire in his semi-final game. Um, the final, you know, Berrettini probably took him a, a, a fair bit and Although Berrettini's nerves at the start were there for everyone to see, he won the first set and he thought, oh, and really it just angered Djokovic and Djokovic just ended up just completely, you know, annihilating him. He's in a league of his own at the minute in tennis. You know, there's there's Novak and then there's everybody else. You know, it's he's absolutely amazing. And he'll go on and to get 25 to 30 trophies. And for me now, we need to start talking about Novak as being you know, the greatest of all time in tennis. You know, you your Federer's in your in your Nadal's and Pete Sampras's on drag season that you've got to now start putting you know, really putting him at the top of that list. Uh, for me, he, he probably is because he's just absolutely phenomenal. You know, such a great tennis player. Ah, he's brilliant. I mean you touched on there, um, obviously the final with Betterini. Like I remember texting you going, uh, Betterini's getting like mauled here and how he turned it round in the first set, I have no mm-hmm. idea. I was literally sitting there watching, I was like, Are you watching this? I think you were at work, weren't you? And yeah, I was yeah, like, I was, yeah. This is insane yeah. how he's turned that round. But he'll uh, win he'll win a major though, Berrettini. He'll he'll probably win Wimbledon one day. Um you know, but there was there was so many like, you know, good young players. Obviously Medvedev who did very well, you know. Um Shapalabalov. Um I probably said that wrong, but he was fantastic, you know, played a really, really good had a really, really good tournament. Um, a Canadian lad with a double barrel name, I can't remember what he's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a long name, isn't it? Um, yeah. and the Hungarian guy who knocked um Federer out, he played really some really good tennis. Aye. Um, nice little you know servant volleyer which we all thought was dead in tennis. No, he was fantastic. Um, I do think that's the end of Federer. I must admit, um, I can't see him coming back next year. I think that's probably his last Wimbledon. Uh, you know, the man's thirty-nine years old. His knees are, yeah. are giving up. Um, it would have been nice for him to go out on a high, um, but I, I just can't see him coming back now. I think that's probably it. Yeah, he's just pulled out the Olympics as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, with his knee. Aye. So uh, the last <laughs> thing he wants to do is. You know, going to you know, I'd say do a couple of, a couple of uh, more pressure on his knee. But then the last thing he wants to do is go out at like say world number fifty or world number sixty when he's still in the top ten at the minute. He's world number nine, and you know, just go out with a little bit of you know, go out with dignity and and you know, he's probably done a year or two too many. But he yeah. obviously, he's obviously thought he could still do it. You know, him and Novak at two thousand nineteen Wimbledon was one of the best games of tennis I've ever seen. Um, but Listen, at, at, at this age of 39, there's, there's so many up-and-coming young players now um, who are, you know, going to be very, very good. So it's probably time for him to, you know, pass the baton on, I think. 
I, uh, yeah, like I think he's he obviously is going to go down as one of the best ever. Um, but you know his knees aren't going to hold up forever. You, you could well be right there. I just want to touch on with you Ant, as well. Um, Andy Murray, like considering he's came back from injury, I thought he played really well, especially again against Oscar Otter. I know the game went on until half past ten, but it was a really good game to watch. Like, yeah, I mean he's another one who's questioning his future, isn't he? Because um, I don't think he. He played very well when he got beat off off of Shapovalov. Um, I know I'm saying that name wrong, so um, but um, he he didn't play to his best. But in the two games he did play, he played very very well, and hopefully it's the start of his recovery. But I mean, only Andy will know what toll it's taken on his body. I mean, he, he is going to the Olympics, so fingers crossed has a good Olympics. I, I don't think for one second he'll win, but um, hopefully has a good Olympics. It's nice to see him back. He's 100 percent confirmed that. Pardon? Has he one hundred percent confirmed he's gone? Yeah, I know yeah, players yeah, are yeah. dropping well, out last minute. He's named in the team, so we'll uh, we'll see. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's a grand. I don't think he's got a grand slam left in him. You know, there's too many good players out there now who are up and coming. You know, the likes of like Dominic Team, who wasn't even at Wimbledon. Um, you know, um, Sipsitas, who um, I don't think he likes grass, but you know, he's a good clear player, good hardcore player. Yeah. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Corda before, um, he's up and coming. You know, there's so lot. many up and coming young players who did so well at Wimbledon, and for me, I think it's just left Andy behind a little bit. And that's just down injury. It's not down to you know form or anything like that. It's just he's hip. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I think I do think he'll still play, but like you say, he's not gonna. Be in in the running for a grand slam. I mean, if he if he is, then that's a brilliant comeback, especially with all the problems he's had with his hips and stuff. But um, I I mean, you know, if, if he can play and play at a standard way, you know, he can play five sets or, or even four sets. Um, most tournaments, that's good for him, I think, really, and I think that's probably what he's just expecting to do. Um, but yeah, I don't see a grand slam for Andy Murray anymore, unfortunately, because you know he's. Britain's best, well, was Britain's best. Obviously, Dan Evans is English number one now, isn't he? British number one. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, yeah. um, but I, I, I think he, I think he did all right. He got as far as he could, really. To be honest, but he did. Yeah, like I say, he had, a, like I say, he had a hard draw anyway. So for him to win one game, um, was what I said in our <clears> preview. <throat> for him to win one game would have been a, um, a huge thing for him, and he's done it. So he can hold his head out high. But I, like I say, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure as well that the the kind of thing what you what you've touched on there, saying that if he's happy to play four sets, five sets and stuff. But this is a guy who's won Wimbledon twice, and you know he's a I think three or four time major winner. He will want to win the Grand Slams, and if he can't do that, he'll he probably just won't bother putting his body through it. Not right then. No, I, I really don't. I think he's just you know he's out there to win everything. I think, and he, he in that winning mindset, it's hard to get out of. I think. Um, which why why they put everything into getting back from injury and stuff. But if you cannot compete with, you know, he's, I mean, he's a mile behind Djokovic, and um, if you can't compete with those coming players as well, then he's just going to slide all the way down the rankings, and he's quite low as it is anyway with Djokovic's injury. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it might be the last time we see Andy at Wimbledon as well. I must admit. Ah, oh, well, only time will tell. We'll see next year, mm-hmm. I guess. Really, hopefully, uh, when we're not in a pandemic, but. I I mean I want to touch on as well with the the women's draw. So first thing I want to touch on with is a couple of players who we mentioned in the last podcast. Sophia Kennan, Alina Svitolina, <laughs> and Bianca Andreescu all went out really early. I was quite surprised at that. Yeah, Kennan set a world record for the most unforced errors in one match. So um, that 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 tip was was really bad for myself. Um, ah, you know what? It just shows how open the. Um, the women's ten- the women's draw was and women's tennis is at the minute. Uh, obviously, Serena's on her way out. I mean, she got a got an injury. She slipped. Um, hopefully, she comes back for one more. Um, I just can't see it again. And my, I think Serena and Roger might both retire after the US Open, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, but again, probably another changing of the guard there with Ash Barty win. Um, because I mean, she's been absolutely amazing the last few years. So is, is that a change of the guard? But it was, it was nice to see, you know, uh, Kerber play so well. Uh, you know, I like I like Kerber a lot. Um, I thought she played very very well. Um, I thought Pliskova played well in the final. Yeah, she did. Um, she could well. go a long way. Um, you know, I thought she was very good. Um, Sabalenka, you know, the second seed, 
did well to get as far as what she did, really. You know, first Wimbledon semi-final, so that was good for her. And, and obviously, as we said, you know, the up-and-coming girls, Emma Raducanu, fourth round, Coco Goff, fourth round. Um, you know, the, the future's bright women's tennis, I think. Um, I was really, really, really um, impressed by uh, Golubovic, the Swiss player. I thought she was fantastic. Um, thought she played some really, really good tennis. She went out in the quarters, I think. Yeah, she got a bit of Pliskova in the quarters, and yeah, but I, I really liked the way she played. So, yeah, it was it was good. And luckily, as well, no serious, serious injuries. You know, there was a couple of them who fell, wasn't there? And, um You see that all the time at Wimbledon, because obviously, natural court that they've got, and um, it's only a natural surface. You know what I mean? And a few of them did slip, but glad that nobody was seriously injured. Yeah, I mean, I was. Um, I don't know whether or not I was disappointed in Bianca Andreescu going out in the first off. At least Cornier really played a good game because obviously she beat her in straight sets, six two, six one. And I'm probably uh, giving Elise Cornier a bit of a disservice there. Um, she probably played a really, really good game against her, but Andreescu to me just didn't look like she showed up. And I remember obviously because I thought Svitolina would do well with the women's Alina uh, Svitolina, and I remember messaging you going, "She's not gonna." get past the second round the way she's playing and mm. obviously she didn't get past the second round she literally just breezed into the second round she was lucky enough to get there um, no. yeah I, th- I think both of our both of our tips went out in the second round didn't they so they do, uh, it just goes to show how open and how um, how competitive the, the women's side is at the moment um, you know because there's, there's, there's players who I mean you look at like, like you know we're seeing a name a lot but you look at Radicano and I mean, Radicano beat two seeds. You know, she there weren't you know, there weren't fluky wins either. She was she was absolutely dominant in all three of her games. She hadn't lost a set until she lost uh, lost a game against um, Tom Yanovich. So yeah. you know that goes to show how open is. You know, the same Coco Goff. You know, who is a great young tennis player who will win majors um, one day. But at the minute, it's just a little bit. You know, there's still just that little bit more to go, isn't there? She looks a much more powerful player, obviously, granted two years later from the 15-year-old to the 17-year-old, but she looks a much more powerful player, you know, even in a couple more years when she's got more experience, more game experience, she's going to become a much more physical player. She definitely will win majors, her, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, she'll probably go on to win, you know, 10 or 11, I think. Um, you know, but hopefully there's there's some more young Young players who are ready to, you know, take that step. You know, I mean, Ash Barty's only twenty six, so it's like, you know, she's still got more five, six years at the top, uh-huh. um, and you know, she's going from strength to strength. You've got a sucker to come back, you know, whenever she decides she wants to, you know, play again. Um, so there's still some wide open players, and obviously, um, there was a few injuries. Obviously, Conner, you know, she missed out. Um, Halep. Who is a you know she's she was still the reigning Wimbledon champion and she's gonna want to come back and and try and win again so it's why it's it's great I mean, I must admit I think the the women's side of the game is really thriving at the minute because there's so many players who are top top quality and so many young ones coming through so um it's it's definitely um something to keep an eye on I I agree with that like I think um this Wimbledon tournament I think I enjoyed probably watching the women's game more than I did the men's to be fair I thought there was better more competitive matchups i don't know why i just think that i think a lot of the the ladies in the tournament just wanted a lot more than some of the lads to be fair um yeah i mean it's hard for the men as well when you've got you know such a an outstanding player in Djokovic who is just you know he's literally you know a level above he's a level above what he was playing five years ago and he was brilliant then you know he's just getting better and better and better and it's hard then when you know you're probably going to lose you know what i mean um I mean, he, he didn't look troubled in any of his games. Even he lost, you know, the first set of his first game against Jack Draper, who did so well. But then, I think in the third game of the second set, Djokovic broke him and literally just went game over now. Because he just, he just as soon as he got into his rhythm, um, and he just kept that up all the way through the tournament. He's, he's just amazing. I'd love to go and watch him play like properly. I think he's an absolute, you know. Colossus of a, of a tennis player. I see him. I mean, I looked at how much tickets would be for like Wimbledon centre court, and obviously they get yeah. more expensive the the further in the tournament you go. Obviously, like quarters, semis, final, and all that sort of stuff. But I uh, like Djokovic. I'd love to watch Barty play out. Like, I, I'm so like impressed with like how well Barty actually did play. Granted, yeah, she's the world number one, but she has had problems with injuries as well. 
and she mm-hmm. she was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and she and she couldn't go home either after right. French. Yeah, because she's literally like on a nine month um, tour, and she's not allowed to go home because of the COVID um, laws in Australia. So that takes a lot of mental and physical bravery to do that. You know, and that that really needs to like you know. Um, be publicised of how well she's actually done to win Wimbledon, um, considering you know she hurt a hip just before the French, right. and um, and couldn't go home to recuperate. Obviously, should have gone, should have got to see obviously some great physios in Europe. You know what I mean to get her fit. But um, she was another one as well. She didn't really look in that much trouble even in the final when Pliskova came back. He still thought Barty was going to win. Um, so yeah, fair play to her and. Yeah, um, like I say, physical and mental courage needs really to be highlighted there. Aye, definitely. I mean, well done to Novak and uh, Ash Barty. Like, played brilliant um, in all of the tournament, to be fair. They wouldn't have got there at the end of the day to the final if they didn't. But aye, um, overall, I thought it was a good tournament. Um, like, like you said there, when you touched on it before, the women's game was wide open, which was class to see. Um, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. on to the next one, which I think is at the US next. Yeah, yours opens the final yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Interesting to see who uh, takes that. Probably is Novak again. To be fair, cause... um, actually, yeah, I don't think uh, it's probably Novak's favourite surface. So, um, yeah, uh, I can't say beyond him again. To be honest, I think um, he'll win that quite comfortably. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll probably end up doing a little bit of a review on the US as well. Like so. Um, see where we go with that. But um, I um, obviously another sporting event that was going on at the same time as Wimbledon, even before Wimbledon and then I, like obviously finishing on the last day of the same day, the Euros mate. So let's just round it yeah. up. I mean, um obviously as as much as it hurts us to say this, congratulations to Italy because, you know, they won. Um but us as English supporters kinda of take it away from how well we done. Like we took a team of twenty six players who I think was our youngest English team, wasn't it, in a long, long time and you know, they were brilliant, like, literally model professionals. Uh, like, people should be looking up like players such as Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, um, Bakayo Saka, Jim Sancho, um, Rashford. I mean, obviously, you know, we touch on the racial abuse and all that sort of stuff, which was disgraceful to see, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how how you can't call yourself English, English fans if you do that, like. No, and, and I mean, to be honest what's kind of hurting me the most about all this is the likes of Jaden Sancho who came out yesterday and Saka's just come out today and have bought and, and I think Sancho said, Well, I'm used to it now and Saka said I knew it was coming and, and that's like the kind of worry I've got about the whole kind of, it's all like, you know, the social media kind of thing, you know, listen, you know, anyone can be brave enough to type whatever you want on, on a computer screen. You know what I mean? It's like it's such like cowardness, to be honest. Um, and it's not. It's not. I mean, you know, it's not their fault. Like, you know, Donnarumma's made two, you know, good saves. You expect Donnarumma to make them saves. You know, Rashford's. I mean, I'm not a fan of the sticky run up anyway. You know, when the stop starty run, I'm not a fan of that. But you know, Rashford's probably done that nine times out of ten in training and scored. And you know, he was the width of the post away. You know, Sancho and Saka, yeah, they weren't the best penalties, but they still needed saving. You know, they put that, the goalkeeper goes the wrong way, they both look like good penalties. Yeah. So you can't blame, you know, a 19-year-old kid who's took the fifth penalty. You want to be commending him for the bravery he's done to step up. I mean, like, I mean, we had the likes of Brian Sterling and Jack Grealish, who, you know, our uh, playmakers, our, you know, so-called, you know, game changers, game winners, who didn't didn't get a step up. And I know they've all said they all want to take one. And this, it was up to Gareth Southgate. And I will say, Gareth Southgate has put his head on the line and said, look, it was my decision. So for me, you know, why is anyone having a go at anyone for missing a penalty? You know, listen, I play Sunday League and I know how hard a bloody penalty is to score in the Sunday League. Man, imagine the pressure there in front of, you know, in front of your home crowd, you know, having to score to keep your team in it. You're 19 years of age. It's, it's, it's a huge thing. He deserves massive massive applause just for stepping up um, you know yeah he's missed you know yeah. but you know we yeah, listen this this team this squad for me in the next 10 years will win a major tournament you know the, the they are getting there they're getting very close and 
you know, remember, you know, five years ago when we got beat off Iceland, you weren't seeing this in five, like five years' time. What we, if you give, if you give England a World Cup semi-final and a Euros final, where we've almost done it, we've got beat on penalties, we've broke records for how many clean sheets a goalkeeper's kept. You know, how you would have, you would have bit anyone's hand off if they offered you that five years ago. So you know, it's. Maybe have a little think about what you're doing. You know what I mean. And but there's no absolutely this this racist stuff needs to stop. And you know the one about in government and um, you know the one about they're going to ban anyone who gets done for it. You know what 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 they should be doing, Gary, is verifying every person on Facebook, verifying everybody on Twitter, everyone on WhatsApp, everyone on Snapchat or whatever, and verifying your age, verifying where you live and all that. And then when you if you do do something like that, they know who the hell you are. Instead of, you know, hiding behind a computer screen, you know, calling, you know, like I say, you know, calling Marcus Rashford, who's done more in this last year, you know, for school for school dinners and, and, and stuff like that, who's took the government on and won, you know, and, and people saying like, oh, focus on your football and this and that and the other. It's like, it's just, it's crazy. It's so sad. And to be honest, that spoiled what was an excellent tournament. You know, we, we shouldn't be talking about this. We should be talking about how how great the team that won were in the whole tournament, how good nearly every game was in the tournament, you know, how exciting it was. Um, you know, celebrating that we've managed to get to a final for the first time in 50 years, you know, in, in generations, the first time. Instead, we're talking about racism and... It's just sad, and it's it's showing where football's going. I'm afraid with the social media kind of um, input nowadays. Yeah, it's absolutely marred everything. I mean, again, you touch on it there. Obviously, the abuse that Saka, Sancho, Rashford have all had, and then obviously there's this little wall of words between Pretty Patel and Tyrone Mings as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, see I think that, Tyrone yeah. Mings is 100% in the right. To be honest, I was like, you can't say it's gesture politics and then come out and condemn people after you're saying that it's gesture politics. I think he's totally right, to be honest. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't really want to get into, you know, the, the politics about it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. obviously we, it's a sport podcast and all that, not politics one, but he's absolutely spot on with what he's saying. You know, how can anyone say that, you know, the, the bend of the knees, this, you know, public politics or whatever, as she said, and then come out and, you know, try and stick up for the, for the England national team after that. You know, you you can't just jump from one court to another, you know what I mean? You've got to be in the right court in the first place. So, um, I mean, like I say, I mean, without getting too much into politics, it's just Ty, Tyrone Rings has, has, has probably said what everyone's thinking. Um, and it would be nice for other political, you know, figures to have the guts to say what Tyrone Mings has said, to be honest. Yeah, and just to touch on as well with Tyrone Mings, um, I know he only played, what was it, one or two games? He played the first two, yeah. First yeah. Two, he looked fantastic. Like I thought he was brilliant and, you know, it was unfortunate Maguire and Stones had, well, not unfortunate, but Maguire and Stones had such a great partnership that he couldn't get back into the team. And again, like that's like testament to like the team that we have. Like We have them options where if Stones is injured, bring in Mings. If Maguire's injured. We've got we've got Mings there. You know we've got uh, Connor Cody as well. Like we've got some mm-hmm. good options out there now at the moment. And like the team that you took, I think you took the right team. I just for me, I would have took Ward Prowse. Um. Yeah, I, I probably would have took Ward Prowse as well. But it, it's I can understand why he didn't. You know because obviously they had um, Mount who was an excellent set piece taker. But the amount of set pieces in the one that Mount uh, Ward Prowse could have been involved in. Um, you know, it, this new we can talk about to the cows come on, but who we should have took, who, who we shouldn't have took, and stuff like that. But you know, were we expecting to get into the final before the tournament? Probably not, and we have. So it's uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of plus points. And to be honest, from an England point of view, bar the Scotland game where we weren't very good, England have probably had the best tournament. Got like bar the final is as in they've not conceded many goals you know they only conceded was it two goals on open play or something like that two yeah two goals yeah, two goals. and one Bonucci. was a free kick yeah, so one goal from open in fact no in fact they haven't conceded any from open play one was a corner so they conceded two set pieces you know and I mean that, that needs some praise that, and that, that probably needs to pray, we need to praise Gareth Southgate quite a lot as well 
I'm not sure he got the final right with once we went one 0 up. We were very defensive, but yeah. you know that's the way he wants to play. Defensive mind, of course, he's a defender, so he's going to be. But um, yeah, I think it's just time instead of saying you know oh, we should have done this, we should have done that, just celebrate how how well we've done. You know, there's a World Cup at the back in the next year, and we're going to be one of the leaders for that. I think so. Um, it's all good. It's all looking good. I think. It is. I uh, really 100% agree with you there. Like, I do think we have a good nucleus of players. I mean, when me and Carl did the, the England podcast, like the future of England, like, mm-hmm. there's just so much quality out there. Um, shame that we didn't see a bit more Jude Bellingham, but, you know, he's obviously going to be in the World Cup squad and then he's going to be in future Euro squads. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to probably touch on to Italy. I mean, what, what did you make of their tournament? Obviously, they won it at the end of the day. I mean, what did you make of the way they lined up with Mancini, like the way their team worked? Um, Italy were the best team in the tournament and rightfully won it for me. Um, from the start, you look, they looked very, very impressive when they beat Turkey 3-0. Uh, what they did very, very well, which also what England did to a degree, was matched um, experience and youth. Uh, Italy have got some fantastic young players up and coming but blended it lovely with the experience of like Chiellini, Benucci and Mobile you know um, they were by far for me the best team in the tournament um, had a hard uh, not the easiest of groups um, to get out of but they also had a hard run to the final you know they had to beat Belgium um, you know in was that in the quarters or the semis it was the semis wasn't it semis yeah yeah um, which was for me, for me, you've got to say that's a difficult, that's a difficult um, game. You know, Belgium, the golden generation of Belgian football again failed to deliver. Um, you know, um, and they had, they have that. I think they probably the, are going to be the biggest losers of this tournament, considering the players that they've got. Um, but sorry, yeah, going back, I've got a sidetrack there. Going back to Italy, just every game they looked. They look great, even when they played Wales and they played the reserve team. They still looked amazing. You know, they were just they were just fantastic. And Mancini really needs a, a massive, massive pat on the back for changing up what what the Italian football kind of stands for. Really, instead of you know the sitting back defensive football which he used to the the attack now, and they've got some fantastic players and. They're probably going to be a, a team to watch at the World Cup as well. Um, going to be very, very, uh, very hard to to stop. I think you know they've got Donnarumma and goal, absolutely superb goalkeeper. You know, I don't think he should have won Player of the Tournament. I will say that, and I am being slightly biased here, but I think Jordan Pickford deserved Player of the Tournament for breaking you know all sorts of records and it, his performances for England, especially against Germany and in the final. Were, were tremendous, you know. Um, but yeah, but like I say, Italy they, they had a hard game against Austria, you know, in the round of 16. Um, you know, got through it, it was additional time, wasn't it? They got through, but it was every squad, like all the squad players that they were bringing in, like Chiesa, who didn't start the tournament, ended up being one of the best players. You know, Piscina, who was coming on, you know, they were just Locatelli. all of them were doing a job, weren't mm. they? You know what I mean? You know, Barella, you know, Locatini. You know they were they just they were they were fantastic and they played some great football. Pro, they were deserved winners. Um, and massive massive praise for uh, Jorginho for that penalty as well against Spain in the semi-finals because that was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I think apart from you know obviously the way they've lined up, I think you, you can't take away their centre mid. I think it was very overlooked with Barella, Verratti, and Jorginho. Like I think they had a good. Uh, good understanding of one another. Verratti, I think, had the most tackles in the tournament. Obviously, like, he didn't obviously ever get sent off or anything, which, you know, that's that's testament to the way he plays his game. Uh, Barella, if Barella wasn't playing, Locatelli came in. Locatelli got a brace, didn't he, as well? Mm-hmm. He got a brace and got dropped for the rest of the tournament. No, you know, that's how, that's how strong they were. That's how strong they were, you know. I mean, a class, class squad and... It was nice to see, like I said, they, they won it the right way. They played some lovely football at times, even against England in the final. They were, you know, we couldn't get the ball off them half the time, and uh, yeah, they were they just deserved winners, you know. And it's nice because I think everybody kind of likes Italy, you know what I mean? Like, um, like the whole of Europe would have wanted Italy to win, bar English fans, you know what I mean? And like, bar England in tournaments, I always look for Italy's results, you know. Um, so it's nice to see them win something. Um, I would love, to, I would have loved for it to be England, but our time will come. I'm, yeah. I'm fairly confident of that. 
Another player as well who I know you said you were a big fan of, like I've I've, I've seen him obviously in, in the Italian leagues and stuff, and I, I rate him myself. Um, he had a brilliant tournament, just unfortunate with injury. Was Spinazzola? Thought he was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Spinazzola. yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, both the fullbacks were, weren't they? Though they were, they were yeah. both excellent. Um, but he he was he was tremendous and probably one of the players of the tournament as well. Um, had he played the semi in the final, I think he would have been up there as well. Um, but yeah, he was great, and it'd be nice. It'd be um, interesting to see all these players now in the Champions League and all that next year, um, and in the World Cup in a year and a half time. So, um, yeah, I think the whole of Europe as well. You know, I mean, because France will come back. There's no way France can be as bad again. You know, Belgium will come back. Germany have got a lot of young players up and coming. You know, England and Italy are going to be, you know, favourites there. Spain surprised everybody really getting the semi-finals you know it's hard to say that about Spain because they, they didn't you know take any Real Madrid players or whatever but they were justified they, they got through the semi-finals and they were apparently kick away from from getting there yeah uh, um so I think although you know the the weather is going to be you know very difficult over in um Qatar but I think next year the winner of the World Cup will be in a European team yeah I mean I've got an interesting question for you just one more time on Italy I know Spinazzola was a brilliant left back, but like a few of their left backs I've seen play. Like they've got um a left back coming through called Pellegrini. They've got a left back coming through called um Fran Botter. Um and then they've got Emerson from Chelsea. They've got a lot of good options there, so it's gonna be quite a competitive position. But a question which I've got for you, Ant, Benucci and Chiellini, they're not gonna be at the World Cup as far as I as far as I can see. One's thirty six and I think there's uh, Benucci thirty four. Yeah, he's 34, yeah. Be I think Benucci will. I can't see Chiellini being there. Yeah. But, I mean, Chiellini just surprises everybody because you probably see it five years ago when Italy got knocked out of the Euros, would Chiellini and Benucci be here in five years? Probably not. And and they were still probably the best two centre-halves in the tournament, um, bar possibly, you know, Harry Maguire for England. So, yeah. I think Benucci will go. I don't I don't think Chiellini will go. And that, that's where they'll have to... Um, you know, find a replacement. I think we'll go um, for Bastoni at Inter. Like, I think he'll be the replacement. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, them two though, absolutely phenomenal centre halves. Uh, um, and you know, it was nice as much as you know, like I say, it was hard to see you know England um, lose. It's nice to see the Italians and that Italian team do so well. So um, you know, fair play to them, really. I no, I totally agree. I've got a couple of questions for you though about the Euros as a whole. Like, I want your mm-hmm. honest opinions. So, obviously, besides England, Italy, who were the final, who was the team you most enjoyed watching throughout the tournament? Um, Denmark. Uh, I thought Denmark were fantastic. Obviously, with what happened to Christian Eriksen, uh, you know, we covered that uh, before the Scotland game a few weeks ago, but. Some of their, you know, forward play and counter attacking play was fantastic, um, and I, I honestly thought against England they, they played a really, really good game. You know, um, Kasper Schmeichel was tremendous in goal, and um, they just ran out of steam in extra time. That was the problem. Um, but I thought the way from from the way it started, losing obviously losing Eriksson and losing the first two games to get to the semi final was phenomenal. I thought they were great. I thought the Czech Republic were excellent as well. Um, really, really surprised by them, and obviously, um, Sheik, um, you know, getting uh, joint top scorer with Ronaldo, only just losing out because Ronaldo assisted, um, which I think is just ridiculous. I think I you agree. should just share it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, totally. But um, yeah, probably Denmark as as a as a whole. I enjoyed watching them play. Meant, meant. I t- I would agree with you, man. Considering. Obviously, what happened to Ericsson was horrible, and they came back. You could tell that the head wasn't in that game when they wanted to play it, um, but they, they did brilliant to get to the semis. So 100% I would say Denmark as well. Um, next question I'm going to ask you, your goal of the tournament. Oof. There's a few. Um Wow. <laughs> we haven't That's prepared good. for this, by the way, listeners. All right, I'm literally just uh-huh. hitting them with these questions. Um, yeah, but I, you probably should have mentioned that beforehand. Was, uh, <laughs> what about Schick's uh, uh, halfway line strike? Schick's halfway line. Uh, see, because I'll put that down more goalkeeper. It was a great goal. Um, it was a really, really good goal. Um, but for me, the goalkeeper shouldn't be that far. Pardon me. Shouldn't be that far forward. Um, you know, he's at his halfway line, wasn't he? Um, 
Benzema scored a nice, and I like them goals, you know, where we controlled it. And everyone said it was a fluke. It wasn't. It was a great touch. Yeah. Um, but, but, I'm going to say, I'm going to put, I'm going to do a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a backyard one, really. Uh, I'm going to say. I know who I'm going to say. I know who I'm going to say. I'm going to say... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm stuck. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to say... I'm going to give it to a Danish player. I'm going to give it to Christiansen against Russia. Christiansen, you know, that one yeah. where he just fired it in um, from the edge of the box. Good goal. Um, Very good goal. There was probably probably better, but I like that goal. I like the one that just, you know, rammed them in. Um Lewandowski's against Sweden. That was a great goal as well. Hey, God, there was so many, wasn't there? There was loads. Yeah. I think um, Shakiri scored two fantastic goals as well. Hazard against Portugal was a great goal. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it to oh, Christiansen. Huh? I'm gonna give it to Christiansen, but very close second Benzema. Fair enough. I'm mine. Obviously, Schick's goal was brilliant, but like you say, it was goalkeeper error. I think he won goal of the tournament as well. But for me, I'm going for this goal because it was out of nowhere and it won them the game. Lorenzo Asini against Belgium, the Rockers. Oh, yeah. Outside the box. Yeah, that was a beautiful goal. He scored two, though, didn't he? Because he got a great one against Turkey as well. Against Belgium, because that obviously was the decider of the game, really, wasn't it? Because it finished 2 1. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a great goal. That, um, that, that's a good shout as well. Yeah, really, there were so many to choose from. You know, I was really impressed um, with that goal. But it was just a it was a great tournament. It's like I say, a few tournaments, especially I think World Cups, because a lot of like you know, um, also ran teams get in, which you know it's fair enough. But they're obviously not as good as you know, like the the South Americans and the European um, teams and stuff like that. But it was just great to see that every game was exciting there wasn't really a boring game yeah. you know every game was exciting all the groups were you know exciting I mean the, the probably only boring game was England versus Scotland you know uh, that wasn't a great game but it was just a great spectacle obviously we waited a year for an extra year for it it was great to see the crowds back obviously bar the you know unpleasantness at Wembley beforehand and after the game you know it was great to see you know Wembley lit up it was great to see England do well um, it was just a good tournament and what we all needed just to, you know, you know, chill out a little bit away from, you know, everything. I mean, we went and watched in in um, a pub in Durham, didn't we? Fucking thoroughly enjoyed ourselves on on all four occasions. Um, it was just nice to have that kind of freedom back, which which had gone last year. You know what I mean? Um, to have like you know jumping up and down, celebrating and throwing pints at each other and whatever you know, throwing you <laughs> over a table, you know, um, it was just you know it was great to feel normal again, yeah. and that was I think that's something that you kind of took for granted before all of this COVID stuff happened, being able to go to the pub with your mates, watch England and have a good time, which we all had, you know, yeah, it ended, you know, it didn't end, you know, the best, and we we're all heartbroken, but you know, it was nice to have that kind of. You know, freedom to do it again, which, yeah. which all in all is uh, is is all. That's all it is. In the football, you just enjoy it. You yeah. know, I totally agree with you there, mate. I totally agree with you. Like it was, it was good to like you know have that interaction again, really, with people. So you know, yeah, there, there was. Fans Can you imagine, like, if they, if they did go ahead with it last year, and we're just talking, watching it on Skype or Teams or something, with no crowd in. It's just, yeah, you know, the crowds make football. You know, I don't care what anyone says, you know. Like, I couldn't watch many games last season. I watched all of Sunderland because, you know, I'm a fan and obviously I'm on another podcast where I have to watch the Sunderland games. But a lot of the Premier League games I couldn't bring myself to watch because there's no interact, there's no atmosphere. And to have the atmosphere back, you know, you know, screaming Wembley when, you know, singing Sweet Caroline when we, when we beat the Danes. You know, it's what it's all about. That's what it, that's what it's all about. And I think Gareth Southgate had said that. You know, you know, football is nothing without without supporters. No sport is anything. You know, you look. At, you know, we talk about Wimbledon, and you know, can you imagine Wimbledon just empty? And you know, you could hear everything of the of the court. You know, it, just, it wouldn't have been as fun. Um, I agree. So it's great. It's great having them back. And fingers crossed, this is uh, you know the start of you know some of of, of getting back to of normality. You know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. Totally agree with you there. And obviously, off the back of that, the next top world, uh, the next tournament's going to be the World Cup in Qatar. I want to ask you a question. Coming off the back of Euros, going into the World Cup, 
obviously we saw a lot of young players. So who's your young player to watch out for at the next major tournament, World Cup? Um, probably Sapper from 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 England. Um, thought he was superb in, in all the games he played. Um, I didn't really see much of him for Arsenal. Um, you know, and I, I always thought he was a left back. So to see him play, you know, attack on right midfield and, you know, playing without fear, um, nineteen years old. Yeah, you know, I think. Well he was a left back for the England under twenty one teams, Eddie Bouvroy played him as a left back, so Yeah, I, I always thought he was a left back. So to see him, you know, attacking and you know, doing such a good job, um, you know, got an assist for, for our first goal against Denmark, he was he, he was he was fantastic. You know, he was he was very, very good. That's Denmark wasn't with Ukraine, so in the quarters. Um, but you know, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. So I'll give it to a uh, I'll give it to a Brit. I'll give it to Saka. Saka. I I mean Saka, massive fan of him. Or have been since like uh, obviously brought on the scene. Um, for me, yeah, Saka is up there. You know, Bellingham's going to be a player to watch. But I think like Jeremy Doku for Belgium had a brilliant game. Uh, I mean, he only played one game, I think, but he, he looks electric on the left-hand side. But the player for me to watch, like, in the future is Pedri. Pedri's absolutely yeah, the Spanish amazing, guy. like, absolutely Yeah, fast. he had a good tournament as well. Yeah, he was very, very good. Uh, I mean, I think um, he's going to be he's gonna be the big Spanish star in two, three, four years' time. Like, because um, he'll be the next big thing to come on Barcelona scene. He's the next, like, their version of Iniesta. He's going to be there probably all his career. Yeah, the, what what Spain are lacking is a is a striker. You know, although you know Morata did the best he could and scored a nice scored a couple of nice goals. He's not an out and out finisher. You know, if if Spain can get a finisher, then there'll be a huge, huge force again. But Aye. that's where they're lacking at the minute. Um, but yeah, that's a great. That's also a great shout. Aye, I mean they des- desperately need a forward. I mean. You know, they might end up eventually playing like a false nine and play Ferran Torres up there because I don't really know off the top of my head any great Spanish forwards who are young and up and coming. Like, they've got good Spanish forwards. They've got Arcelsa, they've got uh, Moreno and they've got Morata, but like none of them are wholly consistent. So no, the no, they, they wouldn't say they wouldn't like 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 look at like the likes Harry Kane and Karen Benzema, Romelu Lukaku, um, you know, uh, Immobile. Frankly, he's then they're a step up. They're like world class level footballers, and you know, Morata as as much as he he does his best, isn't in their league. You know what I mean? So they need that top quality striker to you know the one who's going to score a goal on half a chance. You know, like I mean, it took Harry Kane. A while to get going in these Euros, but once he started scoring, he couldn't stop. You know, so um, it. Hopefully, they can get because I like. I mean, I do like Spain. I think they're a great, you know, nation and play football the right way. But they're, they're desperately for a, a, just a goal scorer, even a poacher in the box, like a Morientes style player. You know what I mean? Just someone who's going to get a get a, get a goal in the in the times where you're not expecting one. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Um, but I, um, but I am um, like I think the it was nice to see Euros back and it was nice to see Wimbledon back as well. Um, you know it's good to have the crowds back. Like you said, like you said before, five minutes ago, the crowds made a tournament. I couldn't have imagined exactly. the Euros all Wimbledon exactly. I mean, I'm watching the Open now on um on on Sky and you know there's crowds there and even on a like, golf you can you know you kind of don't really get involved with the crowd but it's just better having you know that crowd interaction you know and just it's just a lot better it's a lot better with fans there and you know like I say the Euros and Wimbledon have both been you would say successful tournaments so um, you know long may they continue and you know we've got the Olympics coming in a week and a bit's time but that's going to be without crowds so is that going to be as exciting probably not you know, I don't think you can get it. excited for the Olympics without being crowds being there. You know, um, you know the triple jumpers and the long jumpers and the high jumpers. Best will be able to clap, get the crowd to clap them and all that. You know, to g them up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's something that you kind of, yeah, I think you take for granted. Again, like I said before, you take for granted that uh, a few thousand fans at the stadium can make so much difference and so much noise. Um, but they can. Yeah. Just final uh, final one for your aunt. You said you were watching the Open there, Royal St George's. Who's your pick to win that? Um, Tommy Fleetwood. Ooh. Basically because he's the one who's on my screen at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, good shout. Uh, good shout. I watched a little bit of it this morning because the coverage started at half six. Um, I'd love to see Jordan Spieth win it. 
Um, or that Lewis, Lewis is it Lewis Outs tours in the African Lewis line? Uh, Lewis Tazen. Yeah, he's, so he's got good form coming back. And then obviously, personal favourite of mine for no apparent reason whatsoever, Richie Bland, but he's never going to win it, like. <laughs> no, no, he, he hit the first shot they did, didn't he? He got the, he got the, um, the honour of having the first shot. Did he? Ah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, Brooks, I'm going to pronounce this right this time because I know you had a go at me for not pronouncing his name right. Brooks Kwepka, is that right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, he could stand a chance. I like his little long-going feud with Bryson DeChambeau, to be fair. That's quite good. I have no idea what's going on between them two. Like, it's it's crazy, but... Yeah, like I said, I mean, I probably won't get to watch much of it because I've got like, work commitments, you know, to, tomorrow and Saturday, so I won't get to watch much of it. But, yeah, like I said, I've like, just picked a name out there, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood, <laughs> you know, so He nailed his putts, so there we go. Ah, fair enough, <laughs> mate, fair enough. Well, it's uh, it's been nice catching up on the podcast with you, mate, uh, talking about Euros, talking about Wimbledon. I'm sure we'll be back very soon with uh, our next topic of conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, in, I mean I'm in the background trying to get a few... Um, guests on for the Premier League season. Where the football league season starting again? I've I've got a Premier League guy and I've got a league. No, I've got a Championship guy. I need a League Two person. So if any League Two podcasts are listening, get in touch. Ah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. The person I want has got too famous now. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, aye, that season's fast approaching. I mean, we'll have to do a pod. Uh, with our, you know, players to look out for, you know, from the signings that's been made. I'm going to put one out there right now. Patson Dacker for Leicester. Zimbabwe forwards. I'll put that out there, but we won't talk about I that. Know, I haven't really paid attention to football since Sunday, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, having a week off football at the minute. And then... Uh, you know, come back in, I'll come back into football next Monday. <laughs> when, when the season gets going again, I. I think. Aye. A Good week aye. off after the Euros. Yeah, aye. you can have a week off. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. You're on a you're on a annual leave from uh, football duty now. Fun footy, yeah. Aye, but yeah, mate, be nice. Gets broken, you know, you know, when your heart gets broken by a girl, you don't go straight back in the next day. You know what I mean? You have to wait. It's the same with football. You've got to just, you know, have the hurt for a week or so and then uh, and then slowly get back into things. Definitely. I mean, I was upset on Sunday, but that less said about that, the better, really, I guess. <laughs> Big big boys do cry sometimes. That's it, uh, exactly. Um, but I mate, it's been a uh, great catching up with you, talking about Euros, talking about Wimbledon, and obviously talking about you know the future of a lot of lot of the national teams as well, which is great. Um, we'll be back soon. We will. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Everyone, take care and stay safe as always. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.